We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, the NCDGD himself, Robert Reynolds. Got my man Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up Show and SEC Unfiltered. Chris, welcome to the show, my man. Welcome back to the show, I should say. What's going on, man? I appreciate you having me. Excited. We've reached the point. We're just under uh, 90 days uh, until kickoff, and I think we're at what? We're at uh, 82 days until SEC football when Vandy heads to the island to take on Hawaii. Yeah, 89 days till kickoff for uh, Georgia, South Carolina. But again, like I said, don't forget, the doors go to the island to take on Hawaii in 82 days. So week Ain't that zero, crazy, man? Ain't yeah, that week, crazy? Week zero just around the corner. But it's it's never too early to talk ball, my friend. I mean, before you know it, you know, we'll do our thing for July 4th on whatever body of water you prefer, and then it'll be SEC media days, and that's really the unofficial kickoff for the season. And oh, yeah. you know, we'll, start, we'll start breaking everything down and dissecting everything as we get closer to kickoff. My man, it's always great to talk ball with you. And uh, appreciate you having me on for sure. Absolutely. Listen, you said 82 days until the nobody bowl, um, 89 until it really matters. Uh, and listen, Patrick, the 63 to 3 DGD says, Wolf, Wolf, let's go. And with that, we are going to go. Right. So obviously, listen, there's a lot to talk about around the SEC right now. Well, everybody thinks it's a dead period for the most part, but honestly, it's not. Uh, we're not going to do it today, but Georgia is coming off of a huge official visitors uh, weekend. Uh, and more to come on that. We'll probably do that Friday. But there is one thing I want to jump in, and I want to jump in hot and heavy on this, and that is that potential SEC scheduling, right? Mm-hmm. You hear you hear about it. There's uh, there's talks about the pods. Apparently, that is a no-go anymore. Mm-hmm. So now you look at the potential three opponents, you know, consistent, and then round-robbing it off six games each year. Uh, first off, what are your thoughts on the whole, you know, proposed schedule um, format for that. What, what, what are your thoughts from that, stand, from that standpoint? Well, I, I was going to say, first thing, I am pro pods, and, and I've talked about this before, that from the business perspective and, and keeping fans invested, right? For Georgia, for example, this isn't a big deal because Georgia's a top five team, just won the national championship. They're going to be competing for the SEC East and the SEC Championship. But when you're talking about keeping more fan bases invested for longer, I think pods provides you that. And I don't mean to come from perspective of, of participation trophies or anything like that. But, but again, you look across college football, attendances are declining, right? The, the sport is, you know, I, I think we've become so 
win by any means necessary. You know, I, I don't like, my man, I, I don't like some of the attitude I've seen in college football from the fan base in regards to, you know, it's either you're winning 10-plus games, 11-plus games, competing for the national title, or you suck. You know, if you go 8-4, and four, you suck, right? Be the case. And because be it's the become, case. the entire game has become, are you in? Are you in? Top four, are you in? And again, I'm not saying this from a perspective of, well, let's just give everybody a trophy. Let's pat everybody on the back and tell everybody they're good. No, that's not the case. Only four teams go to the playoff, and that's probably the way it should be. Maybe I, I, I could see, I think eight would be a good number. Maybe even 12 is a good number. I think there's some positives and pros to expanding the playoff. But I, I, I do like the pod system because, again, while the regular season, you could argue, is, is the greatest play, you know, it, it is its own playoff, if you will. I mean, doesn't it suck in college football? If you lose a single game, you almost feel like it's over. Your season, if you're if you're if your goals really are championship is. or bust, it's over. If Georgia loses to Oregon somehow, I'm not saying they couldn't still get in because we know the SEC champion is basically it's a it's an automatic get to the playoff. But God, your odds are kind of shot off the jump. You know what I mean? You're you're behind the eight ball already. Whereas if you had that expanded playoff, it would help. If you had the pods, it would help. So I am pro pods from that from the business perspective in regards to getting to an SEC champion and the most efficient way to get there. I don't think that's going to change Bama, Georgia, or the the realistically the three to maybe four teams that every year have a realistic shot to win it all in Atlanta. Um, but when it comes to the scheduling, back to your original question, the three six versus the one seven model, I, I am probably more in favor of the three six model just because as you mentioned, we talked off air, keeping some of those those traditional cross-divisional rivalries. I mean, there's just some games that need to be played every year. You mentioned Georgia-Auburn. I think of Alabama-Tennessee. I think of Florida-Georgia, of course. I think of, um, you know, Auburn-Alabama, of course. But there, there's just some games that need to be played. LSU-Auburn needs to be played. Um, there's some games to me that absolutely need to be played. And if you do a 1-7, you're going to lose some of those games. You're going to lose some of those matchups. So I, I was telling you all fair, thank God. I, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the one behind closed doors having to make these decisions because – you start thinking about it and racking your brain around it. It's really, really confusing, and it's really complicated. But I, I am in favor of the 3-6, but I'm sort of surprised they are so quick to just dismiss the idea of pods because, again, while, while it does sound sort of interesting, it, it, it's very different. I, I just think keeping more fan bases invested for longer is a positive. It helps the health of the sport. It helps the business of the sport. It continues to keep people watching, showing up to the stadium. And again, the diehards are always going to show up. The diehards are always going to come. Again, what I fear is just, you know, you have 16 teams now and you have two divisions of eight teams. I, I mean, your season's over. Your much. season, it's your season much. in regards to competing for a title is over very, very quickly. Not saying it wasn't before. Not saying it wasn't before. But this takes me down another rabbit hole where, you know, we, we could just go on about why I think more college. I, I feel like I could write an essay on why college football fan bases should learn to love and appreciate eight and four. If you love to learn, if you learn to love and appreciate eight and four, this game becomes a lot more fun. Right, it's almost like playing a round of golf. Played golf yesterday. Once you start having expectations, that's when you ruin the game. If you go into it with no expectations and you just enjoy it for what it is, it becomes a beautiful thing. College football is kind of the same way, you know what I mean? So we've gotten into this this mantra, this mindset of playoff or bust. If if you don't go to the playoff, you suck. If if you don't do this, you suck. And it's like that's just not the case. You're a really good team at eight and four. You know what I mean? 
So maybe I'm speaking like a true Gamecock. I know eight and four would be like a, a just a, a season that would get Kirby Smart fired, and that's that's a testament to what they've built in Athens. But I, I think the pods, again, it's not necessarily about participation trophies, but keeping more fan bases invested for longer, I think, be a positive. But for me, three six over one seven. You, you got to keep those traditional matchups on a yearly basis. You got to keep those intact. I'm with you on the on the you know on the three six. I, I'm I'm with that, right? But if you look at the three six model, right, the three permanent six round robin, you're technically creating a pod. Yeah, yeah, so that's a good point. You kind of you kind of get that, even though it's not you know, in my opinion, it's not a hundred percent geographically based, right? Like the whole division thing. Listen, when you have sixteen teams, there is no reason with the amount of games that you have in a season, right, for football, to have a division. You need to have something, and I think the three six can get away, you know, can get you away from the divisions, but still be relevant in regards to the TV deals, right? So let's be honest. Georgia, Florida, always a fucking good game in regards to, you know, Jacksonville getting a ton of money from that. Uh, TV's always going to love that. You know, then you look at, you know, you look at like Auburn, Georgia, right? You look at Bama and uh, Auburn, Iron Bowl. Like you said, preserving those rivalries are key. So if you create a pod based off of those rivalries, for the most part, I think you're getting a win-win if you're a fan of the pods because it's technically a pod. It's just a rival pod. And when, and then right. that just makes it sound like so much more like, yeah, fuck every other team. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I love it. Right? I love it. Yeah, well, um, like, like like I told you, Robert. Thank goodness somebody else is doing it because it'll give you a fucking headache if you if you rack your brain okay. around it. And it's, it's just because I mean I, I'm I'm kind of you know I'm a big believer in control what you can control and worry about what you can control. And so I mean I think if you're these teams, you say to hell with it, man. We got to play. We got to play. Doesn't matter if it's a pod. Doesn't matter if it's if it's if it's we we got to go seven and one in conference play. Like it is what it is, man. You got to play who you got to play. And are you oh, we, no doubt. you know I, I will say this. I'll ask you eight game versus nine game SEC schedule. Do you prefer one you or have- the other? I think you go nine. Uh, yeah. I, I honestly, I, I prefer that. I, I just think, I just think. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm someone. You know, it's funny. Gamecock fans specifically will talk. You know, we should beef up the schedule. Or you'll just hear college ball fans like, "Why are you playing this cupcake Saturday? Why are you playing this team?" That it's like the SEC schedule's hard enough. Like we don't play, need to schedule these crazy like out of conference games. Like, bro, when you're looking like from the South Carolina perspective, you got your eight SEC and you got Clemson. Like. Yeah, I don't yeah. mind having three kick-in wins every year. That 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 is fine with me, fine by me. But I will say, going to a nine-game conference schedule, listen, I'm all about more good football. I'm all about more good football. I mean, it's just going to th- make things tougher on South Carolina because again, now you'll have nine SEC games in Clemson. But hey, whatever it is, what it is, man. It's the toughest conference in America. If you don't like it, get out. So um, yep. you know, nobody's I'm all gonna I'm, leave money too yeah. much money. Too much. I'm money. all I'm all for more good football, man, for sure. So we're going to read back some comments here. So we might have some South Carolina fans in here and welcome to the brigade, right? The uh, chat for the DGD podcast. So Austin Gear says, if you expand the playoffs, you have to shorten the regular season and also likely end the SEC championship. College athletes won't play 15 to total or 15 to 17 total games. You know, my thing is this, if you add a ninth conference game, Austin, I think what you're going to do is that's going to alleviate one of those cupcake games, right? Yeah. You might not have the opportunity to have more, you know, marquee matchups non-conference, right? You lose that non-conference, you know, game. However, with what George, for instance, what George is doing, setting up Ohio State home and homes, Clemson home and homes again, um, you know, we had, um, let's see what we had, I think UCLA as well, but like you had 
Texas and Oklahoma home and homes before they decided to join the SEC, right? You know, you're looking at the eight or nine game conference schedule, right? And, and listen, Chris said it perfectly. Those cupcake games are a breather, right? But there's more, obviously there's more to a cupcake game from their, you know, from a cupcake standpoint, that's their, fu- that's funding their athletic department. Mm-hmm. But from, you know, from a Georgia or a South Carolina standpoint, right? Like that's a breather from a weekly basis, right? Because, or you're preparing yourself mentally for the gauntlet. It, 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 listen, when you play SEC ball, it is a gauntlet. So mm-hmm. Texas, Oklahoma, if you're listening to this, you talk about the SEC, you better get ready. It is a mindset that you have to prepare for a lot longer than what you think it is. Because mm-hmm. you talk about, you know, I, I've heard Texas fans say, oh, we'll come in and dominate. Do it on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Handle Arkansas, then go to my, Missouri. Yeah. Yeah, you might have Missouri. The, the best to- way, the best way I heard it phrased was when Clemson got smacked by LSU in the national title, and somebody said, "Well, now imagine having to go to Florida next week. <laughs> like, imagine having to go play Georgia next week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's like, just the be- that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's just the beginning. Do it on a weekly basis. Yeah. So Hunter also says it's all about the money. Adding one more SEC game, making nine, will bring just that much more money to the broadcast networks. And I and, and I listen, agree. I'd agree. With it will. I, it but is. but it I'm is. telling you right now, it, it, it's it's becoming a situation where Greg Sankey, you know, Papa SEC, if you want to call him, he's doing what's best for the conference. And listen, if that's making more money for these conferences, it's not from a football standpoint. Think about this, Greg Sankey. And all these ADs understand that you want to be the best in every school, in every sport, period, every sport, right? You look at SEC baseball. Chris, you're a baseball guy. SEC baseball was absolutely dominant this year. T- uh, Tennessee, uh, South Carolina, we, I've, I've heard, I understand. Georgia, same way. But Tennessee, LSU, like, listen, SEC baseball was ridiculous this year. Now, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens as, a, as College World Series goes on. But then you've got, right, and then just think about adding Texas and Oklahoma now. right? Greg Sankey's thinking about that as well. You've got Oklahoma softball, Texas, and swimming and everything else, all these other sports. Listen, there's a, you think football is going to make a lot of money? Absolutely. But there's more to be made. Mm-hmm. These other programs, you're going to have SEC dominating every single sport. And that's his ultimate goal, in my opinion. There, you, you've got to do that to compete. You, yeah. you look at the arms race. Like, listen, from a football standpoint, the facilities arms race, that is a real fucking thing. Oh, yeah. It, it is It is thing. absolutely insane where facilities are in college athletics. I mean, it's fucking incredible. Like, truly. Like, like you just I, – I think, like, what are the facilities going to look like in, like, 30 years from now? Because it's like, how much nicer it, can they it, get? It would literally how much nicer be can like they the get? Jetsons. It would be like the Jetsons. <clears throat> yeah. Think about I, it's it. like, yeah. It's crazy to me, man. It's just like one thing after another. Austin Greer, by the way, says, where does this benefit the actual players? Here's my question. How much more can you give the players without it becoming NFL? I mean, they've got an IL and it's wide open. You can make it, hey, it's free market. You can make as much money as you want. Like, just because, I just... How much more can the players get? How much more piece of the pie? I, and, I, and I don't mean to say that, like, I know they've gotten nothing, but now it's wide open. Now a guy like Spencer Rattler can make six figs easy, easy cash money. How much more? Can, do you want to give them a monthly stipend, too, on top of NIL? I mean, at that you, point, again, yeah. once you do that, it's the NFL. It's paid well, football. Your scholarship gives you a stipend every month, if I'm not mistaken, but add to that, right? right? Now, my thing is this, though. 
Austin, you, you can't. I'm just saying you can't just every time you get a new TV deal up the pay. Can you? I mean, I, I just at it's some point it's got to be college athletics. At some point it's college athletics. Either, yeah. either, either go to school and be a college athlete, or just skip it and go straight to the league. Like nobody's holding a gun to your head, and making you go play college sports. Like, dude, I'm all about players getting paid. I'm all about. This is a whole separate topic. I'm all about, like, I love name, image, likeness, what it does for players. But, like, when did we get so greedy, bro? When did we get so greedy? Like, you come to school, everything's paid for. Now you got NIL. By the way, you're treated like a king. You're in the nicest facilities. You don't pay for anything around town. Let's go ahead and throw that out. You don't pay for anything around town. You want more? What else do you want? What else can you have? What else can you get? It's My baby needs college athletics. It's college, college athletics, amateur athletics, right? There's people behind the scenes still funneling the bag just because there's a new TV deal, just because there's a ninth SEC game. What else do you need? And again, I, I don't mean to say that. I say that sort of tongue-in-cheek because I know that for a while they've gotten nothing. And I mean, I say nothing in air quotes because they've never gotten nothing. Call it for what it is. But the days of like the stories of you hearing college athletes, oh, I was in a, I'm in my dorm eating ramen noodles and I'm, de- I'm deprived. And I'm, bro, no, you're not. Like we got the Taj Mahal of facilities down the streets. You can basically live out of it. You're in a $50 million facility. Like you're living good. It's clean living straight up. So I, I just, I'm all about NIL. I'm all about guys getting paid. But at some point, we let our greed overtake our love for the game. We did. We uh, we we let our greed run run wild. And I get it. The almighty dollar it moves the needle. It's you gotta have it. I'm just saying though, like you add a ninth game. You, I hate this this mentality of where's mine? Give me. Where's mine? Oh, we got a new TV deal. Where's mine? You're getting. What more do you want? What more do you want? And then TV you talk about the whole stipend you. the stipend thing. Like, I'm sorry, bro. The long snapper shouldn't be making the same amount of money as Spencer Rattler does. It don't make any sense. It don't yep. you're taken care of. Like you said, you're you're getting full scholarship. You're getting a stipend from your scholar. Like, I, I'm not, I'm pro player. I'm pro player making money. I'm pro NIL. But at some point, it's just like, dude, this is not professional football. And I'm not saying that to take money out of anybody's pocket, but it's not. The amateurism of the game is what makes college athletics beautiful, right? And now you have an IL. You making money is on you, right? That's on you. You you deal with that. You work on that. You get as much as you can, and guys are doing it. But this whole handout, what are you going to do for me? Bro, what are you going to do for us? Carolina's going to be here after you're gone. We're getting you for three to four years. Georgia's getting you for three to four years. Like, what are you going to do for us and in turn do for yourself to get to the league where you'll get an actual contract? I don't know, man. I, I know I'm going off on a rant, but like the money side of it, just I've talked about this before. Do players care about a legacy anymore? Is it, is it about a legacy? Does anybody care about making a legacy or is it all I'm about sure the bad? I'm sure some of them do. I know I'm some sure. of them do. I know a lot of them do. I think the majority of them do actually. I, I think what you're seeing in NIL, it's the top 1%. It doesn't really affect anybody else. Not not with the not with the crazy deals. Not yeah. with these three million dollars to go to Southern Cal, and and I think I think it will even itself out. Like everything else, the pendulum will swing back. But 
It's all about money, dude. It just it gets. Now, it's, I'll, it's I'll tell you this. To add to your point, Austin, to answer your question from my perspective, I guarantee you there's a handful of college facilities right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. that so for three to four years however long you decide to stay you're you're in a literally a world-class facility from top to bottom and while you're getting there listen we you know i shit on vanderbilt just as much as about anybody they just spent 300 mil on renovations teams are investing heavily right now you look go to go to eugene oregon and look at that facility that mm-hmm. shit is fucking crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. You look at AM dropping bags on their facilities. Uh Georgia just did it themselves, right? $80 million uh upgrades to uh but uh Busmir and you know yeah. things like that. You're upgrading your stadiums. Hell, Georgia just did another 80 mil on top of that, getting a new indoor tennis facility, keyword tennis facility, mm-hmm. and upgrading uh Sanford Stadium a little bit. Yeah. So you're you're getting world class facilities playing in stadiums that are bigger than NFL, uh, every NFL stadium, soak up that experience, right? Yeah. So that's benefit right there. When you have 93,000, right? I think what, 70 some thousand for, for Willie B, right? Go to, go to Kyle Field, go to Neyland Stadium, 100K, Bryant Denny, uh, Tiger Stadium. You're playing in front of 93,000 drunk ass fans sitting there and cheering your name every single fucking week, every single week. That's benefit enough right there. NIL is just a NIL is just now legal, and and that's just something else to add on to it. Yeah, you're you, there's people that come from college into lesser situations in the NFL because the, the facilities are fucking insane. Oh yeah, like that's even and that's even more felt across different sports. I mean, baseball. I can't tell you the horror stories I've heard about the minor league parks they play at, and oh my mm-hmm. god, dude, it's 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 unbelievable. Yeah, I, I just I, I like I said I, I am. Schools, when, when you look at and fuck the NCAA, because this is their fault. If they would have handled their business, none of this would be a thing. Even if you just give off the facade that we're taking care of the players, they couldn't even do that. They couldn't even pretend, right? That's why it became such a big deal. But the schools are raking in the money. The coaches are making big money. I agree. How do, how do we take the conferences, the conferences, and then turn the schools? How are we taking care of the players? I just think at some point, though, it's like, like, how how much more can you give? You know what I mean? Like, like I, again, yeah. I I'm not I, I say that tongue in cheek because, like I said, for the longest time they've gotten nothing. Um, I think nil is a great thing. I, I think 
I, I don't know. You know, I, again, I, I don't know. I, I think NIL is a great thing. I, I do. I do. There, there needs to be some regulation, but overall, and I, and I think time. that'll happen. I think that will certainly yeah. happen. Hey, come the first, the first time, the first time Georgia Tech poaches a Georgia player and offers him three million to leave, or first time a Clemson, Clemson offers a Carolina player, or Ohio State, Michigan, or Auburn, maybe, it's the first time that happens. I think we'll get some serious conversation about. All right, we got to change something. This is bullshit. Yep. Yeah. All right, we're going to go back to the conference schedule here. I got a graphic that I'm going to pull up, and, and we'll look at Georgia, we'll look at South Carolina, and then we'll look at some other conferences or teams, I should say, uh, that really stand out. Right. So, if for anybody listening, if you're an SEC fan, understand what you're about to see, what we see currently. Right. Think about what we see currently. Eight games. Right. Mm-hmm. In a division. Right, and you have one permanent crossover, and then another SEC West. Since we're both East, another SEC West opponent. Right, think about what you're about to see when I pull this graphic up here. Okay, we'll 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 start off since you're the guest. We'll start off with South Carolina, and then we'll work to Georgia, and then we'll look around. But I'm going to pull it up, and this is what South Carolina, based off of a model that I saw off of Twitter, this is what South Carolina would play with this new three and six model. So looking at South Carolina down at the in the middle, roughly behind. Uh, actually underneath Oklahoma, your your first three games in your permanent games would be Georgia, Florida, and Vanderbilt. That alone, right, that alone is, is, is difficult in itself. Georgia and Florida every year for South Carolina, you, you're getting that rivalry, mm-hmm. but it's still difficult for South Carolina. I'm not going to – there's no sh- way to sugarcoat yeah. it. That's yeah. difficult. Now, with that being said, what South Carolina would see – so you have the boxes, the next six are split up white and blue for anybody listening. They're split up with white and blue. So I'm going to read a white and then the blue. So in one year, you would see those three. And then Auburn, Missouri, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, Tennessee, A&M, and then rounded off with Clemson. And then in the next year, you would see those the three that I mentioned, the permanent games, Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, LSU, Mississippi State, Texas, and then Clemson. Hmm. That is a fucking gauntlet if I've ever seen one. For at least- I, I mean, I, I just I look at it this way, man. It, it's going to be brutal no matter what. You know it what I mean? Will. So it it, 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 like it you're will. at the SEC schedule, you're doing a nine game SEC schedule. Everyone's going to have a tough schedule. And unfortunately, and honestly, South Carolina has got to play Clemson every year, who's in the midst of the greatest run in their school's history. Whatever, but it's it's going to be tough. It's just going to be t- – like, it's like – you know what's a great model for this? 2020, where you had a 10-game schedule, all nope. SEC, and nope. people were saying, well, this schedule's harder than that schedule. Bro, everybody's schedule's fucking terrible. It's all hard. Like, they're all hard. What difference nope. does it make? They're all hard. So, I mean, I, I, I just – welcome to the big leagues. That's all I can tell you. Welcome to the big yeah. leagues. Listen, so we talked about South Carolina. All right, listen, I, I'm going to do this after Georgia – just to prove a point for anybody that's, that thinks they can come in and handle an SEC schedule. After Georgia, we're going to talk Texas and Oklahoma because they're about to get it. All right, When they come in, whenever they decide to come in, they're going to get it. Right, But for now, we're going to talk Georgia. Right, Georgia, you're getting Florida and Auburn, right, two important rivalries for Georgia, and then South Carolina. I'm telling you right now, everybody that I've heard or a lot of people that I've heard wanted Tennessee here. I'm telling you right now. Georgia and South Carolina is strangely enough a better rivalry than Tennessee and Georgia because it's been a yearly thing for so long now. So you add those three, and then on one year you would have Alabama, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, 
Texas A&M, Mississippi State, and obviously the nerds in Atlanta. Flip it up next year, then you got Tennessee, Ole Miss, LSU, Vanderbilt, Texas, Kentucky, and the nerds, right? Now, from a Georgia standpoint, listen, it's a lot about talent, but at the same time, welcome to the SEC. Georgia's familiar with it. South Carolina's familiar with it. It's nothing new to us. You're adding a game, but you're getting a lot more, I guess you could say, a lot more uncertainty in a sense where now you're starting to see teams more frequently, right? Right. Chris, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but since 2012, when A&M and Missouri came in, Georgia has yet to go to Kyle Field and will not, or is not scheduled to until 2024, Chris. Hmm. That should not happen. Yeah. That should not happen. So with this three and six model, you're going to get a home and home every every other year. Hmm. And and for me, if you're fa- listen, if you travel, tell me you won't want to go to Austin yeah. and go to and go to the Texas Longhorn Stadium. Would you would you go to would you go to Norman? Of course you would if you ha- if you're if you're financially capable of able right. to do it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of money to be made, and every school sees that. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, I've heard a lot of Texas fans thinking they're gonna come in here and run shit. And I'm gonna tell you why you won't right here. Here's your schedule: Texas, your first three, A&M, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. Yeah. Listen. Arkansas is not Arkansas from four years ago, Chris. Arkansas is a legitimate team, in my opinion, that could cause some noise in the SEC West as it stands this year. And, bro, A&M is licking their fucking chops to get Texas back on the schedule. They want want nothing more than Texas to come to Kyle Field. I'm just saying, you you know, obviously you hear the, you know, Texas A&M left because of Texas and all, you know, whatever. Now you have to put up or shut up every year. Right, Texas State and Florida can sit there and say what they want, but you get Texas every year. Okay, so Texas fans, here you go. You have AM, Oklahoma, and uh, Arkansas as your big three, per se. One year you will have Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky, LSU, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt. Listen, you could see, you could see AM followed by Auburn followed by Oklahoma in the Red River shootout, and bring it, guess what? You might have a bye week, and then you go to Tuscaloosa. Mm. Think about that. Texas and – Texas and and so Texas and Florida – or Texas and Alabama, I should speak, are playing this year week two, Chris. You know this. Imagine playing in the SEC with that schedule. You go to, you go to Tuscaloosa week two and then wrap it up with Florida in week three. You're not ready for that right now. You might be ready, but I'm telling you, you are not ready right now. You are not. You're just not. Anyways, you sit there and talk about Texas, Oklahoma, right? What are your big takeaways for when they come in? What are you most excited to see about the conference as a whole with the entire, you know, with the 16 teams with Oklahoma and Texas? Well, first things first, if we don't do pods, I mean, I think who's in the East, who's in the West? That'll be most intriguing. How do they decide? How do they select? Um, like you mentioned, man, from the fan perspective, I mean, I, I just – I can't wait to make those road trips. Hey, I'm excited for across all sports, by the way. I mean, South Carolina's played Texas in baseball. Texas and OU, I mean, Oklahoma right now is playing Florida today at 1 o'clock in the Super Regionals. So, them being added in the sport of baseball, I think, is going to be a plus. Obviously, basketball, Texas has been very good. I'm not really that familiar with OU basketball. Um, But I think outside of football, right, the addition of them, uh, of those teams is going to be awesome. But, yeah, on the football side, man, I mean, those road trips to Austin and Norman, are going to be incredible for fans. Um, and then, again, you're just boosting up the 
best conference in college football. I mean, who, 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 it's nothing but a plus. It's nothing but a plus. You know what I mean? So more, more great matchups, rivalries, rivalries that'll be formed. You know what I mean? Just out of organic matchups. You know, I, I look at like, South Carolina, Missouri. That was never a rivalry, but now you ask Gamecock fans, and I, I know some Gamecock fans that have Mizzou as one of their most top two or three hated teams. I mean, who'd have thought that like ten years ago? So, surprisingly, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, surprisingly for sure. So, um, I'm looking at it this yeah. way too, though, Chris. If you're a fan, right, and you're bringing in Texas to Willie B, right? Since so we're gonna we're gonna go Gamecocks here for a second. If you're Texas going to Willie B, and you're a Gamecock fan, what is that going to be like for the city of Columbia? It's going to be fucking insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you, listen, as a fan, you might see higher ticket prices, but I guarantee you, you will be willing to pay that and for season ticket holders. You're going to be willing to do that knowing every other year you could see, te- or at least within every four years, you can have a Texas, Oklahoma, Bama, Florida, all of that in one year potentially at your stadium for home games would be absolutely insane. Every year would be worth oh, it, it would it would it would positively impact the economy of every SEC city. No question, no question at all. That that just because of name alone, even if Texas is not back as they say, like the they fact, still Texas bring is coming ton. to town. Yeah, they'll bring a ton, and it's like, dude, that will be the hottest ticket. Texas is coming to town. Who isn't going to want to go? SEC, oh. uh, see, the problem is the CBS, SEC situation, the 330 games are going to be gone eventually, and that's that's going to hurt my feelings right there. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, you can look at every week and, and just find the right game and just, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, well, you know, with ESPN and whatnot, that's that's the whole situation within itself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm, I'm with you, right? If you look at what the last time Georgia-Oklahoma met, Chris, Rose Bowl, that's oh, huge yeah. implications to the playoffs. Game. Classic game. Now you have that once every four years. Mm-hmm. There's a rivalry that can be built from that. Yeah. Like now, I don't. That's, I think we spoke offline, but in a previous show, I had mentioned a possibility of the pods, but two permanent crossovers, mm-hmm. two permanent crossovers, and then four round robin mm-hmm. before the pods idea was shot down. But I had at one point I had Oklahoma, Alabama, and like Texas and Georgia. But I had I think it was South Carolina A and M. I think that could be an interesting situation there. Or no, it may have been. I forgot what. I think Oklahoma, South Carolina would be interested. No one like Shane Beamer from Oklahoma situation. I think that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, looking at the six three, I think that might be where they go. Right now, the question is eight or nine, and and all these guys are still debating. It. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, when you have sixteen teams of that magnitude, everything is amplified, right? Which also means there's a possibility that even with two losses, right? Two losses, right? Two. Two losses. Two losses. There we go. Two losses. Good call. Good that, call. That's got to be the first SECU piece of merch for everybody. Just the horns down. Everybody can rela- Every everybody loves horns down. Everybody in your team colors, right? In your team yes, colors. Yes. Period. Yes. Beautiful. Now, with that being said, though, right? We talk about the four-team playoff right now with one team. If you're in the SEC, Georgia's had this a couple times where we lose a regular season game. 2019 was an example. Lose the regular season game, and then you're forced to win your SEC title to get it into the playoffs. We didn't. We finished fifth, right? When, honestly, I think we should have been the fourth regardless. But neither here nor there. I think with six, I think with 16 teams and that schedule, whether it be eight or nine-game conference, I'm telling you right now, there's a chance you're going to see two teams 
in the playoffs from the SEC. And you could, and depending on how far they expand, you could see a two loss team in the playoffs from the SEC, obviously depending on the losses. It would not, it would not surprise me. It's only a matter of time before two teams, a two team, a two loss team. Well, especially when you expanded that that nine-game schedule. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, it's interesting we talk about the scheduling formats. Think about it. What, what's the number one goal of all of it? To get the best matchups with the shortest break in between. Because like you mentioned, the biggest problem is just the fact that, you know, South Carolina and LSU play once every, like, decade, it feels like. You know, like, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. South Carolina, Alabama. like So, getting the best matchups on the most consistent basis possible. That that yeah. I, that is the number one goal. The question is just how do we achieve that? Yeah, no doubt. And listen, obviously the powers that be above our pay grade, Chris, will will do that scheduling. Listen, yeah, there. You know, we saw in recent years the SEC was it the SEC uh, the SEC schedule release mm-hmm. on the SEC network yeah, yeah. has become a thing where they televise it and make ratings off of it. Yeah, you. I'm telling you right now, you think that was absurd? Wait until Texas and Oklahoma come in. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like it's going to be a spectacle. It will. It will. So the the possibility. Listen, we all understand that this shit's driven by money, right? We know this. Oh yeah, the almighty dollar. And, and then, but listen, if I'm a fan, you're a fan. I don't give a fuck about the money. I just want my team to be in a situation where we're going to play good ball and have a chance to win a national title. If I start sitting there and wondering about why is it too much money, I'm doing. I'm overstepping my boundary, in my opinion. This is for right. me. I speak for myself. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. See, my thing is this. We talk about eight and four, Chris. I'm with you because if if you win eight games in that, eight wins is, is important right there, yeah. right? Because eight wins in 2020, holy shit, is what I'm going to say. Eight and two. If you went eight and two in, in, SEC, in SEC play in 2020, Yes, sir. That's yeah, and, and, and I'm speaking, and I'm speaking to the fans more than anybody. I mean, obviously, if you're on any college football team, you're in the building. You should expect to win every game. That's just the mindset of a warrior and, and the mentality of an athlete. That's the way you should think. Speaking specifically to the fans, who, like you mentioned, have no control of the product on the field. They have no control. You know, I, I joke with you all the time. The most beneficial thing that can happen in my business is completely out of my control, and it's South kind of winning. That's it. It's out of my control. There's nothing I can do or say that will lead the Gamecocks to a victory. Nothing. I have no control. So, yeah, I mean, again, when you come into a season every year, and it's like, you know, we could talk about the playoff and why I think expansion would be a good idea. Because right now you come into the season, it's all about the playoff, who's in, who's in, all that good stuff. But realistically, on a year-in, year-out basis, even if you expand the playoff, there are, in my opinion, a maximum of five to six teams that have a realistic shot to win it all. Everybody else is fighting for a nice bowl game. Everybody else is fighting for eight and four, nine and three. And that's okay. Hey, that's okay. You, you could, could. shot. You could. But realistically, in football, it doesn't happen, right? Like, like this isn't college baseball where Coastal Carolina wins a national title. This isn't college baseball where Fresno State, the Wonder Dogs, not to bring up a sore subject, but the Fresno State Bulldogs get to Omaha. You know what I mean? Like, it's college football generally, like, the cream of the crop, they're there. They're there. You know what I mean? Like, these people that 
I, like, I, I'm a big advocate. I think the group of five needs their own playoff. They do. Because I'm sorry, Coastal Carolina and Grayson McCall, great story. They ain't playing for the same trophy that Alabama is. Appalachian State, Arkansas State, Georgia State, whoever else you want to – even UCF, they're not playing for the same trophy, man. They're, they're not. Bama would curb stomp every one of them teams I just mentioned. Georgia would curb stomp. Them. Clemson, you think Clemson sucks? Let them play Coastal. They'll beat them by 50. Like, you know what I mean? I, I just – so that that's a facade. That's a facade. That's not a real thing. It's a feel-good uh, story when you saw Cincinnati right, right. in the playoffs until right. they played Bama conservatively beating them by, t- like, three scores. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and, I mean, I, I know it's you have your one-offs, right? Auburn loses to – or was it LSU loses to UCF? Auburn loses to whoever. But, realistically, in a playoff scenario, like, why not have a group of five team win a group of five national championship? Like, there's no – there just – Cincinnati getting into a playoff. Come on, man. Like I, I just I will, I will I will say that the D2 playoff system has worked very well for years. Yeah. I mean, and that's why, honestly, man, Robert, that, that's why the top 25 is kind of bullshit. Honestly. Because I'm just like, you, you look at like these teams. It, I mean, it, it is about a lot about who you play. I'm not trying to take anything away from Memphis. I'm not trying to take anything away from East Carolina. But <clears throat> when I see those teams ranked like 15th. 12th or like top 15 top 20 i'm just like and they're undefeated well i'm like well yeah they're undefeated like you got a sec team over here that's eight and four and they're not ranked but it's like they would smack that team in the top 25 it's like are they really is memphis really the 15th best team in the country you know what i mean so i that it's but anyways that, that's sort of another topic for another day that's, a, that's yeah i was gonna say that's a whole nother topic yeah. from Oh, oh, Chris, Chris, I see yeah. it. Yeah, Rebecca, Rebecca we got, we got welcome, Rebecca in the chat. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Rebecca. Listen, if you don't know Rebecca, legend. I sug- yes, I suggest you tune into Chris's show every day, 12 to 2, The Daily Crow. Hopefully, Rebecca's doing well. Um, welcome Again, welcome. And obviously, thanks for everyone for coming in. Chris, one last thing here. Let's look at this right here. If – Going back to this schedule, if you look at the three permanent crossover game or the three permanent games, which one sticks out to you as being the most difficult? Or South Carolina? You what well, you said? You said South Carolina? For, are you saying for, for hold on? Re, re, restate the question, my guy. My, so, my all right, so looking at this model, right. right? Going back to this model, out of every team here in the okay. SEC. The three permanent crossovers, right? Or the three, you know, the three permanent matchups. Right. Which one sticks out to you as being the most difficult, if you had to choose? Mm, the most difficult, just for any team, just in general. Yes, any team. Uh, I mean, God, anybody who's got to play Bama on a yearly basis. I mean, Tennessee, Bama sucks. Uh, I mean, again, I think that's a game you need, though. Um, yeah. I mean, anybody who's got – right now, anybody who's got to play Bama or Georgia, my guy. Arkansas playing uh, – I don't know. I guess Auburn. I mean, I, I think actually, yeah, Auburn, who's got Bama, Georgia. I mean, Mississippi State, you get some relief. But I, I think that's really, really tough. Um, yeah, I'd probably say Auburn. I think Auburn's got a really, really tough draw. Uh, I look I look at Arkansas. I look at Arkansas. A&M, yeah, LSU, Texas. Texas A&M is tough. Really tough. Texas is, is tough, too. The Texas, listen, Texas got a tough schedule. You're right. 
Yeah, I'm sitting. I'm sitting there looking at it in this regard. Like I like this Oklahoma Florida matchup. Let's. Yeah. In all seriousness, I think that would be an intriguing matchup to see. I, I really yeah. do. I think it would be interesting as hell to see. Because, I love I love OU Florida. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think, I think it's a great that's, matchup. That's, that's my thing with the three permanent crossovers, right? Like, I would love to see, you know, the, the established rivalries, can, you know, yeah. be preserved. Well, again, I think these rivalries will be built, too, when you add Texas OU. There's going to be rivalries that are organically built. So. that And I think that's what's the beauty of it. Right, like the Texas or sorry, the Oklahoma, Florida, right? That's not your typical rivalry, but if that would be the case, I think that becomes a, a yearly thing. Listen, LSU and Florida was not; it was just a crossover game that turned into be a actually a good game every year. So it has the possibility to to create new rivalries, and I'm all for that. If you had to choose, though, Chris, if you if from a South Carolina standpoint, which team would you want to see a new rivalry be built with? Who would it be? You know, I, I would say Bama Texas plays this year, right? Don't they play yes. this year? Yes. I, I think that would be a cool one just because of the history between those two programs. Um, I think Georgia OU is a sick game. I think that's an awesome game. I like I said, Florida OU is really cool. Um, I can't wait to see Texas Arkansas return just because of the Big Eight history there. I think it was the Big Eight conference. Yep. Um, those would be the top ones, I think. I, I, I'm excited to see A&M Texas come back, personally. That's a game that should have never come off the schedule. Like, you got to preserve rivalries. Like, come on. Rivalries are what make college football great. Oh, it, so it Getting Texas, it Texas A&M definitely. back on the schedule. Um, You know, I think even like Missouri and, and, and Texas and Missouri and Oklahoma, getting that Big 12 vibe back. Um. Uh, yeah, so for, for me, those those would be, you know, LSU-Texas, I think, is a fun game because they're kind of out that way, right? They're out that way, sort of close to them. I think that would be a cool one, too. So there, There's a lot of potential for big-time rivalry matchups. There's a ton of them. And I'm looking at it in the sense of this, Chris. If, if I'm Georgia, give me Texas every year. They're, they're, listen, Georgia fans aren't necessarily worried about this. However, there's some, there's some shit talk that they continue to – I've heard Texas fans continue to bring up every single time and that's beat us in the bowl game right and, and you we're can back the best meme ever created you're right you're right <laughs> listen i'm just saying if if that listen that is the biggest and also that's when beat when bevo tried to kill uga by the way who, who can fuck bevo that? and that fat piece of shit i i'm just saying <laughs> fuck him peter get after him get after him peter after now i'm telling you this right now Texas and Georgia are two huge brands, right? Mm. Huge brands. So to have that rivalry potentially would be fucking insane for for SEC, for ESPN, who's you know going to be the uh, TV deal for there. Mm. Every single year, that I ain't gonna say it's a Red River shootout type rivalry, you know. But I guarantee you that that bowl game is oh, okay. Yes, Patrick, exactly, exactly. That walking porterhouse tried to attack Uga. All right, I had this. I had to stop mid sentence to read that because that is true. As I was saying though, you know that bowl game, right? Every, yeah. Texas fans are always, I've, I've, to this day, are always talking about that bowl game. Let them play Georgia now. Yeah. Since since that moment, 
you could not see two 180-degree switches, period. Georgia has since dominated and went won a national title. Texas is sitting there trying to fight to be, in my opinion, relevant and get back to where they could be. Let them play every year. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Like, listen, and the biggest deal, you tried to hurt Ugga, all right? You tried to hurt Ugga. That You don't do that, all right? Nobody puts baby in a corner and you try to <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. But yeah. – yeah. I was just saying on a side note, you know, it, it's funny, man, because I, I watch highlights against Texas. How I, I wonder how sick their fans get of the horns down thing because everybody does it. Like Listen, every time, every time anybody beats Texas, it's just you'll see guys just I'm like, dude, I, I would I I get almost irritated and I'm not even a Texas fan. I'm like, dude, I think I would lose my collective shit. So I'm if, people, just saying if people start doing like a Spurs down like this, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start be, probably feeling some type of way. I'm what you, what you're saying is there's gonna be some fighting motherfuckers here this evening. Dude, it's just like every time I see a highlight against Texas, I'm like, bro, they're fans. You have to be like conditioned to it at some point. Like it has to be cut to a point. You've heard it so many times. It just doesn't even phase you because that's all you hear. Like I can imagine Texas fans walking around a tailgate outside of Sanford, walking around the tailgates in Athens. It's just fucking orange down. Like that's all you're going to hear all day. And all day. And Georgia's not even the most obnoxious, man. Wait till wait till Texas ooh, goes to I, LSU. Ooh, that's a bold statement, well, my guy. For, for you, no, 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 no. Go, listen, listen <laughs> to some LSU fans. Give, give, give you listen. Oh, Tiger bait, Tiger bait. Oh yeah. Give, give me a hundred k in Tiger Stadium throwing the horns down as at soon night. As, as soon at as night. LSU, listen, ain't nothing touching that shit. That sounds I'm, like I'm, the first. That sounds like the first SEC unfiltered road trip right there. I need. I tell you, I, I went to side note. I went to LSU. So I haven't been to many stadiums, but I've been to LSU, but it was 2020 COVID year. So I did wow. not I did not get the full Tiger Stadium experience, but uh, I would love to go back because them folks get rowdy. They get rowdy. There's and you'll have a, some of the best food you've ever had in your life, by the way. You will. I mean, that, that crawfish etouffee must be some really good shit. True. I'm just saying. Now, I'll, say, I'll say this. I'll say this. I love – SEC traditions, right? I look at the stadium environments, things like that. Even, you know, even if we, you know, we don't like each other from a, like a program to program, like I don't like South Carolina, but I'm not like going to hate you like Auburn and Florida and shit like that, right? There's still something cool with like, how can I explain it? The the intro, right? I, I did a, I did a show recently with, with ranking, like a, do my top, like building a program, basically taking things from the SEC. And I took y'all's entrance, man. Like, I don't know what it is, but something about cocky coming out of that cage is just, it's just wild, right? With the buildup, it reminded me of Ric Flair, made me want to go woo real fast. But can you, ima- can you imagine Sandstorm? How would that impact people? Like, mm. if you have a Texas or an Oklahoma in Willie B. Yeah. Oh, it'll be nuts. It'll be nuts. Yeah. Yeah. No, it'll be crazy. It would, It'll be on a different level, I would I would think. I, and I hope everybody gives him the horn. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly Auto Parts
when the Big Twelve actually banned that and gave it a penalty? Mm. No, the SEC. Made, we're we're gonna let it. We're gonna let it rock. The SEC is nah, gonna let it rock. I mean, if you listen to Dixieland Delight, them if you listen to them singing Dixieland Delight and Bryant Denny mm. or Neck at LSU. Do you really think the horns down is going to mean shit to you? No, no, no. Because there's like you, the infamous one is when uh, OBJ had them play neck and he was like, fuck the fine, I'll pay it. Like, you're going to see that yeah. like consistently. Yeah. And it's just, it's just going to make for even more like hatred between every school. So mm. I think just seeing shit like that, like, it, just wait till like dog fans start making fun of the sooner uh, the sooner shooner or whatever it is that yeah. fell over. Just wait, just wait. Oh yeah, like, it, the, the banter is going to be off the fucking chains because it's, oh, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be it's going to be incredible. The shit talk is going to be at an all time high, legendary status for the shit talk. <laughs> Can't wait. Listen, and then you you have teams like you know Oklahoma. I think. I'm excited for both of them to come in for different reasons. I think you look at Oklahoma has prepared themselves with Venables going to Oklahoma, right? I think you look at that as being a true, hey, they're trying to prep up for this, right? You lose Lincoln Riley. Sure, that sucks. You lost some talent, right? He poached your program. But you got the one guy that can come in and play SEC defense and and, and have success. Hmm. And then Texas, Texas is that wild card. The offense, what they're going to throw out this year on paper, looks absolutely phenomenal. Mm. But they're going to—they already have the most resources as it is. So now you bring them into the SEC where there's even more resources. They will find a way to get better. Mm. So you add that right there—the potential for the SEC, you know, the SEC being the conference to be right—is mm. only going to strengthen that argument when those who formally get in. Like if you know what I mean, like that's what. It's, and Patrick says, "Don't let the sooner wagon fall over again. We're gonna get y'all." Yeah, gotta go. Just saying. Like, you know. So obviously, listen. If it's it's just there's so much SEC hype as it is now, and for me, I just cannot wait to get both of those in there. If I had my way, Chris, I would get rid of Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like fuck them. Like they're. they're, they're yeah, I, I mean, well, you know, you, you know, you, you know, though, you know, you need Vandy. You need Vandy. All, all love the doors. Somebody's got to be at the bottom. Somebody's got to be down there. Well, I and mean, you know what? You know what? I will say this. Speaking from the SEC unfiltered side, SEC unfiltered, I'm a big fan of Clark Lee. I actually like Clark Lee at, at Vandy. I think, I, think, a, I think he's doing a good job so far. All joking aside, I think that is, I ain't going to say the hardest job in the SEC, but from a resource standpoint, their academic standards kind of hinder them like a Notre Dame, but they're not where nowhere close to where they need to be from a Notre Dame stature standpoint. So, you know, when you look back, Chris, you know, like people underestimate what James Franklin did there at Vanderbilt winning nine games. That in my opinion was one of the best coaching jobs in a season you'll ever see because of what he took at Vanderbilt and turned it to that. Mm. Yeah. That was impressive. That was impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible. Incredible. It really was. Listen, hey, we can talk ball all day. You know this. But we're going to wrap this thing up today. So what I want to do is give you a shout-out. Spurs Up show. I'm going to let you talk more about the Spurs Up and SEC Unfiltered. I'm going to let you take it away, my man. Yeah, so you can find the Spurs Up show. We're all over social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, TikTok even. We're actually on there as well. Uh, Twitch, just anywhere you can find uh, any social media platform. We're there. Also, the podcast drops for the Spurs Up show. 
Monday, Wednesday, Friday, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, anywhere you get your podcast. We're also at thespursupshow.com. We also sell a ton of merch, tsus.store for all the Gamecock fans out there. And, uh, yeah, we do live events, live shows. We do a daily live show called The Daily Crow, of course. Not this week. We're on a week, maybe two hiatus. Just stay tuned with The Daily Crow, Monday through Friday, noon to two, taking questions, comments, calls, sort of the South Carolina version of Paul Feinbaum. Uh, and that streams on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. As you obviously know, my guy, you tune in a ton, which I do appreciate. Uh, a lot of fun there. And, again, we take those calls, and it's fun to get the the listener, the viewer interaction. As far as SEC Unfiltered, <clears throat> that is uh, my newest initiative, newest entity talking all SEC. And it's yours truly, of course, podcast for that, dropping Tuesday, Thursday. Um, right now we're in the very, very, very beginning stages. Literally launched that like two weeks ago. So building that up. As we speak, uh, but the podcast, we are dropping again consistently on a weekly basis. Tuesday, Thursday, we're going to have guests. We'll probably re-air this conversation on there. Uh, right now, of course, we're going through <clears throat> regionals, super regionals, college world series. But, of course, getting ready for kickoff for SEC football as well. And, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Again, excited to see how that evolves and how that grows. But the podcast will be dropping consistently, like I said, Tuesday, Thursday. And excited that show, by the way, just joined the Blue Wire Podcast Network, which is a really, really big deal. Uh, pushing that forward, getting some national partnership, national sponsorship, really, really, really big deal for that entity so early on in its existence. So, yeah, man, excited to grow and the joys and the journey, as I always say. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. Let me plug both uh, the Spurs Up show and SEC Unfiltered and just everything we got going on here, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, no doubt, man. I, listen, if, if you've been an OG for here, man, you know last year you came on preseason, talked about previewing South Carolina, right? That was the first time you came on. It, it was interesting because there were some names that torched us this past year, right, with Van, right, mm -hmm. that you called out, if I'm not mistaken, called out and say, hey, watch out for this kid, mm -hmm. right? It, listen, go give him a follow. Go listen if you can. Same time of, same time as the show here, obviously just Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, with that being said, though, if, if you're an SEC fan, do go give SEC Unfiltered a follow. I promise you, you will like the content. I am a follower. I enjoy the content, so I'm sure you will, too. Yeah. With that being said, though, dog fans, 89 days until the Georgia Bulldogs go duck hunting in Atlanta. Listen, Spike Squad, all fully on board, fully on board with this. Countdown to kickoff. If you're using social media, make sure to use hashtag blackout the bins. We're blacking it out. Now, I can't predict what Georgia's going to wear on the field, but the, black, but the Spike Squad asked you to black out the bins. You black out the bins. With that being said, have a great Monday. We will catch you back on Friday, and go dogs! And listen, if you if you're a fan of the SEC, SEC, if you want to cheer for that, all right. Have a great day. We'll catch you on the next time. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.